Welcome to the Pomona Christian Church Podcast. For more information about Pomona Christian Church, please visit us at PomonaChristian.com or find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Pomona Christian. So today we are continuing our series, Resurgent. And again, that is a, the series is about how we can finish this year, how we can finish 2024, but it's going to begin with, with how we start the year. And one thing in the Gospels, as we read last week, we were in the Gospels, we saw that, that Jesus called us from where we are to somewhere else. And we now, uh, we know that you can uh, read the scriptures, and as you go through it, you see he calls us out of our comfort zones. He calls us not just to be comfortable, but to embrace challenge and take risk. And so we're going to look at the book of Acts. But here's an interesting thing about the book of Acts. So you have the first four books of the New Testament that are called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they all talk about Jesus' life and his ministry leading to his death, burial, and his resurrection. But there's only one book that carries the accounts of what happens after that and how the church grew once Jesus ascended and left the apostles and the believers to carry out his mission, which we are still doing today. And that is the book of Acts. And I think this is one key piece of evidence and defense for Christianity and Scripture is this. If you go outside of Scripture and you just look at history, you can go to 1 AD and you can see there is no such thing as Christianity historically. It doesn't exist. There aren't buildings called churches. It's not there. There are no references to it. But if you jump only a hundred years later, Christianity is spread across the Roman Empire. There are churches all the way even into the country of Spain, which was the far west edge of the Roman Empire. Those are historical facts. And here's the thing, if the book of Acts isn't true, and if the book of Acts didn't happen, what would the explanation be for that to have happened? Because it wasn't a time where there was mass communication, or you could produce large volumes of information in print form even that it had to be spread the exact way that is shown in the book of Acts. So it's a really amazing testimony. There would be no explanation for how something like Christianity could spread in the way that it did. Now, there are other religions that have spread quickly, but usually the explanation was, well, they went from one place to another, conquered people, and forced them to convert. The explanation was there. But that's not how Christianity spread. It was simply one person, one group going to someone else and impacting other lives until it conquered the Roman Empire. Person by person, place to place, they shared the truth about Jesus Christ. Now, one of the podcasts I enjoy listening to is one called The Explorers, and it goes through different people that were the explorers uh, from a few centuries ago, the first people to sail around the world, the first people to cross Antarctica and all these different things. And even as a kid, I just like to go to the woods and wander and explore. I've kind of found out or thought uh, that if I was born a few centuries ago, I probably, I thought, you know, I probably would have been an explorer. You know, go get some of that Spanish gold or find these islands in the Caribbean. And then I read a book on some Arctic exploration and Antarctic. I'm like, nah, not really. You know, that, that's, there's no point in crossing Antarctica 
on foot. You know, there, there's no point to that. I'm not that up for adventure. Maybe Lewis and Clark, you know, that, that, would, be, that would be fun. But I've often, maybe there are things you'd like to do, and you go and you Google them and you search them. I know as much as I like to float and get on the kayak on the rivers, I've checked out places in Montana and Texas and in other countries like, oh, if you could get a canoe or a kayak out here, what you could do, and just kind of pictured things. But I've never actually done it. And maybe that's kind of what we do. It's You kind of live vicariously sometimes just reading through things and imagining and picturing what could be or reading about things that, that were done. And it kind of fills that, you know, void of adventure, but it's it's not necessarily something you were a part of. And it's still a big difference from actually having done it. But here's the thing. that It's the same is true with the book of Acts. It's amazing to read the accounts and what God has done and people transforming people's lives. But he, he hasn't just called us to read it and to recall the accounts and to know what happened. He's called us to live it as well. In fact, if you go to the final chapter of Acts and you read it, there's no the end. It doesn't tie off very neatly. It's open. And I believe that was intentional because we're still the church. We're the same church and we're called to do the same thing. It's easy to read. We can live vicariously through those things. But he calls us to live it out. And we're to be resurgent, to move from comfort to challenge. Now, I will say I was amazed by Chiefs fans who actually went to the game. You know, usually playoff tickets and at home and Arrowhead, they're so expensive Boy, the cold weather came in, and you could see who the real fans were. You know, those tickets went up for sale. They were going, like, for $40. I mean, it, it was crazy. I thought, you never, but it's the true fans, like the diehards uh, that showed up. I had to picture, if, if I, as a Broncos fan, if Denver was that far away, and there was a playoff game, would I have gone myself? How devoted am I? And I had to think, I would have if it wasn't so late. So that's how I know I'm old. You know, it's like... Yeah, if it was at three, I'd, I'd be up there in a heartbeat. I'm not getting back past midnight. That's insane, says the adventure guy who wants to explore the world. You know, that, that's how it works. But maybe you've done some new things that you've wanted to do or know that you need. Maybe you started working out already, or maybe you've had some new goals to, to break some patterns or some ruts because it's easy to get stuck in ruts in life. Uh, I wondered about that phrase when I was looking at this message and stuck in the rut, getting stuck in a rut. It's actually a phrase from the early 1800s, obviously from when they used wagons and they didn't have paved roads. And so you would have to get in ruts. But once you were in the rut, it was very hard to get out of these ruts because the dirt would harden and it would take a lot of work. to. So you just had to ride in the ruts. The good thing was it was kind of a version of cruise control. You know, they, they could just go down the road. The wagon wasn't going anywhere else because it was stuck in the rut. But you hoped you were going the right direction. And that's the way it is with us in our lives. Hopefully in our ruts and our routines, we're going the right way. You know, especially at this time of year, I think it can feel like we're stuck in a rut. And maybe not a good rut. You know, how do you know sometimes you're, you're just stuck in a rut? One is, you know, every day feels the same. You know, it's just this routine and maybe you're just trying to go through it. Or maybe uh, you feel unmotivated. You know there's a change that you want to make and you've got to do it, but you just maybe don't have the motivation. You, it's tomorrow is always 
easier to make that change. And maybe we just numb ourselves with distraction. We're just continually going from one thing to another, and we avoid stopping and really having to reflect on what God wants from us. We can just keep ourselves busy. But Jesus called us out of those kind of ruts to live a full life. It says in John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, that's what Jesus is offering. It's not some dead faith, not something, some boring experience of just following rules, but to have life and have it to the full. He wants us to have a life of meaning. And really what that means is he wants to work through us to impact those around us. And when you read the book of Acts, and I encourage you to do that, that's what you have. So many different people making an impact. You know, there are times in Acts and times in Jesus' ministry where it talks about the crowds, but when you narrow it down, it's usually specific people, specific encounters, one after another being impacted or making an impact. And that's what you see in the book of Acts. It's not just focused on one person, but many people doing many things and impacting other individuals or families. And it shows over and over how one person can impact another. And so today we're going to look at a guy whose name is Philip. And it's not the Apostle Philip, it's Philip the Evangelist. And early in Acts, everything in the church is going well. In fact, it's going, you know, church has grown so much, they have to divide up some of the work so that the elders can, the apostles can oversee the church. And then the uh, men will be set apart to help with the distribution of food among the widows that they were taking care of. And there were so many that they had to appoint some men, which is where we believe deacons come from. And this man, Philip, was one of them. And so... Uh, after a while, persecution breaks out in Jerusalem, so all the belie- a lot of the believers flee Jerusalem to get out of the city and to escape the persecution. Well, Philip, he goes to Samaria, which is just outside of Judea, which is where Jerusalem is. Now, if you know anything about the Gospels, you know that the Samaritans and the Jews really don't get along. So some probably go there thinking, hey, this is a safe place to escape. Because the Jews probably wouldn't even come here anyway because they don't get along with the Samaritans and vice versa. So it says in Acts 8, but when they be- Philip goes down to Samaria, but that doesn't stop him from talking about Jesus. And it says, but when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So things are going great. He goes down to Samaria, but he still shares the gospel. When they hear it, it says they, re- they respond to it and they're baptized, which that's baptism's the biblical response of faith to what God offers in Jesus Christ. So Peter and John come down eventually, and that church is off to a great start. So you think, you know, if you are Philip, you think, man, this is a place to be. I need to stay here, help with this church. But that's not what happens. You know, it would be nice. Things could get comfortable But he wants to do something through Philip. So God does his work in us, but then he wants to do his work through us. And so that's why it's important for us to understand that the idea of accepting Jesus is, well, I need to be saved. You know, how do you know that you'll go to heaven when you die? That's not all God is calling us to do is to be forgiven, try to behave long enough till the end of our life that then we get to go to heaven when we die. 
He's called us to completely give him our lives. That's what repentance is, to carry out his mission and purpose until he returns or we go to be with him. That's what he's called us to. He's called us to life, not just a drudgery of trying to behave because we've been forgiven and then just go to heaven when we die. And so this man, Philip, he's taking God's mission and his purpose and he's trying to impact the lives of those around him. And so he's going to meet this man from Ethiopia on this road. And again, this is one of those one at a time where here's Philip. Now other things are going on, but here's Philip here. And here's this Ethiopian man over here. I think a lot of times what keeps us from getting out of our comfort zone and moving to something that's challenging is we're kind of tied to the past or or tied to other things. You've probably heard about how to train an elephant, that a man went to the circus and he saw this elephant tied in the ground, but it was a thin rope and a very small stake that the man saw that the elephant could just pull out of the ground in a heartbeat, but... It didn't, and nobody worried that the elephant was going to escape. So they asked the trainer why the elephant doesn't try to escape. He goes, well, when they're first born, we tie this rope to them, we put the stake in the ground, and it's the same stake and the same rope, but when they're young, they can't pull it out, and they try and they try, and finally they get used to failing, and so they, even as they grow, they don't try because they don't know how much stronger they are and how much they've changed. And I think a lot of times we, we have ropes that are, that are kind of tied to us, that hold us in place, that Jesus has freed us from or has given us the power to conquer. One is probably what others have said about us in our past. That's a pretty strong rope that can hold us, even though it's a thin rope. Maybe it's something that your parents said or something said about you online, or maybe some people who are just constantly critical towards you. And even though it hurt, you still kind of held on to those things and you've believed them and that rope is still holding you there. But it's not as strong as you think. Maybe it's the rope of of comfort. Well, what if I commit to serving? What if I'm not very good at it? We always have excuses that we face when there's a challenge and it's easy to stay in our comfort. What if I'm called to sacrifice and later I, I need that or I want something I see something I want later. Comfort is one of those ropes. Another one's sin. God's calling us to live for him, but we're stuck in this rut of sin that just holds us there and that we think we can't defeat, but we also don't share with another believer. We just keep it inside and don't seek someone to pray with us and to help us. Those are all ropes that can keep us from making an impact that Jesus has freed us. He is conquered. The Holy Spirit gives us power to conquer those things. And we can have life to the full. So let's jump to the encounter there later in verse 27 of Acts 8. It says, So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. So this is a very important man, but obviously his life was different because he was a eunuch. But he was made that way probably uh, late, late in youth in order that he could serve the queen and there would be no distractions or threats to her safety. And so... He served in this role, but he's also very important because he's over the entire treasury. So I imagine 
that he's in this chariot, that this is like a Rolls Royce. You know, this is top of the line. People just didn't have chariots in that day. Most people walked, but a chariot is top of the line. This isn't even a wagon. So this is top shelf stuff. And I'm sure he's got people all around him. They wouldn't send this guy alone. Here's the thing. We don't get any name. I kind of feel bad for the guy because it's called, you know, that all they call him is the eunuch. But we do know that he's open to hearing about what God has done for us. It says, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. So notice what he does here. He doesn't come in, he make assumptions, jump in with what this guy needs to know. He asks a question. And he leaves the uh, opening for the opening of the door to God. And it's amazing how many opportunities to minister, to help people in some way will happen if rather than talking or sharing something that we have planned in our head, if we just ask questions and let them open the door. But one thing he can tell, he's reading the scroll, he knows it's Isaiah, that this man is hungry for God, that he's wanting to know. And that's why he had gone to Jerusalem and was heading back. He says, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was like a sheep, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Then the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the scripture talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Man, what an amazing passage. That was actually a debate that the rabbis and the people who studied those texts had. Is is this referring to Isaiah or is it someone else? And if you know the story of Jesus' trial and everything that happened, then you know this is the perfect place for Philip to step in. That I believe there are opportunities that God just has set up for us if we will take the time to respond and to see. What a perfect passage. And then he can explain Jesus and the Messiah, that God sent the answer, that it was someone else, that it was something great God was going to do. Now, it's a good thing Philip listened to the angel and then followed the Holy Spirit's prompting. You know, he could have said, well, you know what, I like it here. I don't know if I want to go near that chariot. You know, they're from somewhere else. I don't know anything about them. He has some guards. Maybe I should just stay where I am. You know, it's the desert road. It's pretty hot. Maybe I'll wait till, you know, somebody else comes by at a cooler time of the day. But he just responds to what God is doing. And as you can see, he didn't do anything real complicated. He just followed the opportunities as they came. And God is doing the same thing today. He's using us each day, not just as we say the church or congregation as a whole. But when we leave here, we go so many different places. The church is all over. And there are opportunities that God is sending our way that if we're looking, if we just ask a question, if we take interest in something that's going on in someone else's life and ask a question. He's placed all of us. He's placed you in in a unique circle that isn't the same as anybody else's. 
And he started where the Ethiopian eunuch was. That he started, not with a pre-rehearsed talk, but he asked him a question, and then he listened. You know, it's amazing that if we just ask questions, there are always needs in our lives and needs of others. And people will share their struggles if we just ask, if we just talk. But sometimes we're just ready to get in and out of everywhere. We're on a schedule. Things are tight. We have so much to do that we really don't want any opportunities, maybe sometimes, if we're honest. But when people talk about their struggles, you'd be surprised at the opportunities. If you just say, can I pray for you? And it's amazing. You know, people maybe that don't even, haven't placed their trust in Jesus Christ, sometimes they'll be some of the most excited that someone offers to pray with them or to pray for them. Maybe just to invite them to take that step to to worship with you, to sit with them so that they can see what it, Jesus has done for you. Or to help somebody in some way, and even sometimes allow somebody to help you. It makes a huge difference. Those are all opportunities. But you never know the response. You never know the impact just one opportunity can make. And sometimes it's not you, it's somebody down the road on top of what you have done. But God is wanting to use us to work through us but if we have to see the opportunities. Then it says in verse 36, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. I love this response because it's not Philip saying, hey, here's water. If you're ready to do this and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, then we're going to have to stop the chariot. It's like, He's so excited and he understands what he needs to do. So that must have been discussed. And he says, hey, stop the chariot. Here's water. What's to stop me from being baptized? And that decision, the reason he does that is that's a death, burial, and a resurrection. When we give our lives to Jesus, we're dying to our old selves. We're being buried as Jesus was buried and we're being raised to life. And Romans 6 says that we're raised so that we can live a new life, so that we can make an impact on the world around us for eternity. That's what baptism is. It's a death, burial, and a resurrection and giving our lives to Jesus. And I love his heart. You know, his heart, he is so eager. Like he sees it, he says, let's stop it, let's do it. He's ready to go. And so it's the ultimate surrender of his life. Here's this powerful, influential man who on many levels would have it all, but on some levels he realizes something is missing that that's not what all life is about, that he's getting out of that rut of living life his way and giving his life to Jesus. And I guarantee you, this week, there will be opportunities. But most opportunities will require you to get out of your comfort zone, maybe take some time when you're in a hurry. The routine might get altered. But I'll tell you what, it's more fun looking back to live the adventure and to make an impact than than just live in a rut and live life and not make a difference. And so that's the challenge this morning. If we're going to have a resurgent faith, how can we move out of our comfort zone to challenge? For more information about Pomona Christian Church, please visit us at PomonaChristian.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pomona Christian.